Welcome to Pushing Dirt. I'm Camilla Ranson, and this is your one-stop shop for everything real estate, whether it's buying, selling, renting, development, city planning, interior design, architecture, the history of architecture, homelessness, feng shui, real estate agents, and the odd but necessary ghost hunting. It all applies, and you don't want to miss it. Welcome to Pushing Dirt. I am Camilla Ranson, and this, of course, is the podcast on everything real estate. We have gone through it this year, and especially also on this podcast, we've covered lots of things already. Um, and I want to thank all the listeners and everyone who's been a part of creating this with me, um, because I am not a technical person, so uh, I'm very grateful to people who can do that and help me get this on the air. Um, so I wanted to do just a little recap uh, in terms of 2021 and how that came to be <laughs> in terms of what it became and and also what I'm doing here at the end of the year, which has to do with real estate. Um, I'm actually selling a couple of my very prized houses in Silver Lake. And I'm doing that because of, well, I'm an investor and that's what I do. I, I, you know, buy a house, redecorate it, usually decorate it with furniture and give people a place to stay either for short term or long term. And some of the, the rules I think it's actually laws now, I'm not sure, have changed within, within the city of Los Angeles. So this these properties makes it just not possible for me to to really make money from. Uh, and I also, one of them I lived in a lot, which I loved. And the reason I want to talk about them is, first of all, they are, it is an investment property that I've had a good experience with um, because the the price of them have gone up exponentially since I bought them. But I also wanted to share um, what this house was and did because, you know, we've had people on who sort of see the more magical side of real estate like Diva and Laura um, and also Lucinda. And then we have a lot of people who are... Um, you know, people who are real estate agents and in the agency of it. And uh, we have hotel people who who sort of do a different kind of what I was trying to do with these houses. Um, so but what I want to talk to you about within these homes is like how, what is a home and what's the purpose of, what, what's the purpose of the home is, is very clear. It's a place where we can live with a roof over our head, but usually it's it's a lot more than that. And I was trying to figure out what this house was to me um, now that I'm over the shock of making my decision because <laughs> it's just my decision. And this house, um, I realize, has been very sort of something that br brings things in and then, you know, brings them out. And it has been sort of a time of a lot of change um, within this house and also within me. And uh, I bought it in 2015, and it was basically a ruin. It was, the garden was overrun by, you know, everything. And 
It didn't look like a garden. And the houses were teardowns, basically. Uh, there, are two, there are two lots with two different numbers and two different houses. And um, I had seen, because I, I wanted to buy an investment property, and I had seen, just before I saw this, a beautiful house up in the Echo Park Hills with a view of just loveliness and, you know, a house underneath it that also had a little recording thing and a musician was living there. And it would have been so easy to just move in and have a pretty house. And then after that, I saw this ruin. And there were a lot of people there, and they were clearly investors, and everyone was there to, you know, look at the lot. It's a great lot. It's a flat lot that has a view, which is very rare, uh, on a flat street with, it just has a little bit of a hill where my house is. And, um, and it was just a feeding frenzy. So many people came to see it. And it wasn't even listed. It was one of those pocket listings that maybe a lot of realtors had talked about because there it was. It was also painted a lime green sort of last minute because it had like a 1930s pink underneath. Um, and I was like, why did they paint the lime green? You know, um, so I walked into the house and immediately I was hit with this incredible scent of cat pee everywhere and the floors I think were sort of soaked but not entirely because the house the previous owners had left shag carpeting on that I believe was around the 1970s kind of a shag so a lot of the floors had been um sort of kept nice because that um that shag that mustard shag carpeting uh was there and the house was had, a, like, again, lots of cat smells, lots of other kinds of smells. Uh, and I believe the back house, because it's literally been empty for so long, might have housed a crack den. So you could say it's the house of business, really. Um, and this should have made me run screaming the other direction. <laughs> I mean, it should have. and uh, But it didn't, too. Like, everybody who saw it were just like, there's something special here. And also in the middle of... The property was this giant pine that you can basically see all over Silver Lake. And just seeing this, like, majestic tree that had been there forever, I there was something about it that I was like, I can't just tear this down and build, you know, a hipster cube of some kind. I want to restore this like a crazy person. And there were 26 offers, and I won uh, still at a very low price, and um, and then it sort of uh, st everything stopped for a minute because I hired my first contractor, who took everything inside out, and I was like, please keep the doors, please keep the doorknobs, and he didn't. He was very much like, let's just get it out and build sort of a modernish thing around it. I'm like, we can't do that because I'll tell you why. The house was built in 1938. And um, those those lots at that time had certain rules with them that you couldn't change windows. And I think I think they're still up. I just don't know if they're enforced as much. So these like round bay windows, I was like, nobody touches them, you know. And um, and also, the, this house had been been with a Japanese couple for fifty years. You know, they moved in. 
after the Second World War, where uh, they were in internment camps, and then they were allowed into American society, and the only place they could buy were in this area of Silver Lake. And they had lived there ever since. And by now they were in, in nursing homes, and and so this is it has just been empty for a while, or, you know, except crack dealers and cats. But... Um, but I felt such um, such an obligation to history, an obligation I didn't mind feeling because I just imagine these two wonderful people who they didn't have kids. So whatever was over from the sale of this house went to their uh, niece. And uh, I also think a cousin stayed in the back house. There had been such full lives in this area in these houses, and I just felt like I couldn't just decide that it was going to be something else. And so I decided to restore <laughs> these houses. Um, and I, um, so at this point, everything is ripped out. And I'm just sitting, you know, sitting, it was 2015, and I was just sitting with these houses that I could do nothing with. And uh, I kept asking the contractor to come back. And he wouldn't. He was, I don't know what was happening, but he was traumatized by something. I'd like to think it wasn't me. It wasn't me. But, um, and then I said to him, I mean, do I have to build these houses myself? And he got so offended that his dad called me and said, yeah, I could just, because that's the rudest thing they'd ever heard. I mean, I may have said it in a way, I don't know. But what you know, as far as they were concerned, I was going to build these houses myself. So I had to find a contractor, and I had never, I mean, it was for everything. There wasn't just one thing. So I found a contractor, and um, they came in, and they looked at this place and said, we've never done a whole house before. And I just couldn't, I didn't, couldn't really deal with that sentence. So I'm like, well, hopefully you can, you know, <laughs> because... I needed to restore this. I needed to create, you know, and I needed to create a money uh, flow and a place to live, maybe. And so in the middle of all of this, I decide to get engaged and married. So it was sort of understood that me and my future husband would live in one of the houses. So now I had like extra opinions coming my way. And to me, this has never been, I always say, it's not a democracy when I do this because I have a specific thing that I want to do. And I'm not going to get all feminist about this, but I will say, and I can only speak for myself, as a woman, sticking to our guns about something and sticking to something we know is going to work can sometimes be really difficult. And especially when you bring in somebody you're in love with that you want you of course you want to make that person happy and um he just didn't understand why he couldn't be a part of you know decorating it and he had never decorated anything or built anything so i sort of had to be like no you can't <laughs> and that wasn't you know very comfortable uh, but at this point I've had to say no or yes to a lot of things within this house. So um, we, the house got built, and it got built with the things that I wanted. Now, this company 
they were known for floors, they said. So they really wanted to rip out the original floors and just put in, you know, uh, manufactured floors, of which there could be many, many pretty ones. But there were original 1938 floors that could be stripped and cleaned and look really beautiful. And so because I'm a Scandinavian, they couldn't just be cleaned and, you know, lacquered. They had to be cleaned and bleached and lacquered with a sort of whiter tinge because we have white floors in Scandinavia. So now I had that, and they they looked at me like, okay, so she's crazy, um, but we're going to have to work with this because her checks are clearing, you know? And so we had, I always had a bunch of people at the house, and um, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed going through the motions of building something and building something that I thought was going to be a home for me and my husband and also building something where where I was flexible. I had one idea what I wanted it to be, and then I went to Paris over New Year's and was like, oh, I have some new inspiration. So it got to be a mix of a lot of styles, which I am a big proponent of. Um, I don't like um, trends within something like a home. It's It has to feel like a home to you, and it also has to be aesthetically pleasing, um, also to other people, because, you know, otherwise they wouldn't want to live there. And so, um, so I had to sort of stick to my guns, and I'd gotten really into chandeliers, so I had chandeliers of every kind in there. There were wood chandeliers and crystal and metal of every kind, and it's it sort of added to the art uh, and direction of what this house was. And so I also have some beautiful real art um, from artists. And I also have <laughs> some homemade art from when I couldn't afford art and I wanted big art on the on the walls, which has actually become another thing of mine that I do now because art and making art is very personal to me, but I have always done it just because I needed it for, you know, and now it's become a completely different thing, but I will leave that out, I believe, of this monologue. <laughs> um, but so, you know, we were building the house and eventually there were walls and there were floors and, you know, you just have to decide where all the plugs are or you're going to put them because I had never done that before. Suddenly like the plugs and I had to draw out the house and figure out and I had a very clear, clear idea of where the couch was going to go, where this was going to go, where that was going to go. So um, they did the electricity, and we were told we could move in. And we were there for a week, and suddenly they come back and go, we have to take all the electricity out because um, we kind of didn't get a permit from the city. And I'm like, oh, I thought that was the whole point of whatever. And so they took the electricity out, and now we were living there. So that meant that I had to literally start... I can't remember what they're called now. Like those things that you, yeah, I can't remember what they're called. Maybe I'll just write it in the notes of this. But every morning I had to put gas in those things and start them. And so we could have at least a hot bath and coffee, you know. And I was not super popular. Uh, generators, that's what they're called, uh, with having two loud, very old generators in the backyard. So my first impression with the neighbors was, loud and annoying and um so so and I kept like just apologizing every time I had to heat something up but that was a week 
And I really thought there was a part of me that was like so annoyed by it. And there's a part of me that really enjoyed sort of being part of the house even before it was an actual house. And so eventually it got built and I decided I wanted to have my rehearsal dinner there with with a taco truck and the whole thing. And by then I had a third uh, contractor who was a friend who built the outside, the patio and everything. And he was literally hammering things as this rehearsal dinner uh, was starting. And most of the people who'd flown in from Europe did not know what a rehearsal dinner was because they're like, you rehearse to get married. And I was like, yep. And I'm Danish, but this is an American wedding and we are rehearsing. That's what we're doing. And um, so we did it at the house, which I was really proud of. I actually wanted to have the wedding there, but we ended up having the wedding a couple of days later in Malibu, which was amazing. Um, but what started to happen is that I felt whatever was not supposed to be in my life didn't stay in that house, you know. And as um, my relationship quickly deteriorated because we had known each other for two weeks or something before we got engaged. Um, and and I'd also had this like year of like, yes, I'll just get on, <laughs> I'll just get on that wagon. Uh, instead of just going no and overthinking it, because there's uh, relationships I've overthought to the point that um, is, you know, the end of them. And uh, with houses, I just wanted it to be different. And and apparently I included a human in that. And the, the relationship didn't work out. And uh, he moved out. And I think he was very happy to not live in Silver Lake. I don't think that was his jam. Um, but now I was in this house that I had built and, uh, a couple of the other houses, I had also bought one in Montecito Heights and, uh, I was renting them out on Airbnb, which was a very good business, um, a few years ago and it was great. And, but what I found out, uh, halfway through being like excited about my houses was that the air conditioning that I also put in air conditioning heating, uh, which the house didn't have, um, broke constantly and I had a you know an, a third party air conditioning person come to look at it and he's like Camilla <laughs> these these uh air conditioners are old they're just not even supposed to work they're dirty they're toxic everything else and I'm like what and it turned out that these second contractors had just put in old because they didn't know I was going to find out. And the thing is, you find out when things break down. You know, that's the joy of things breaking down. You find out whether it's a relationship or a, uh, a air conditioner. So that was one thing, and we got that fixed and everything. And so um, I had to sort of live in that. And I was a little embarrassed that my marriage hadn't worked out. So I hadn't really told a lot of friends. And a friend of mine was having a reading of a script. So she asked if she could have it at my house. And I remember my friends came over and they were like, um, what happened to the couch in the corner over there? And I was like, oh, it lives with, you know, my ex. And I gave them the name of that they knew. And, um, and they were like, why does it, wait, what does it live with him? So Instead of saying to my friends, I've I've ended my marriage, I said, I have moved a couch. And this is something that's typical me and probably very annoying. But eventually they were like, Could why didn't you want to tell us? Why didn't and I was sort of like, you had a lot going on, you know, they have 
lives and we have lives. And so in a weird way, I got to tell a lot of stories of what happened to me through this house. And um, and it became, again, like a, a, a joyful house. I had wonderful friends and I have some wonderful parties. And I also got to work uh, with some people who are in the music industry who had festivals at this house. This house sort of brought things up that needed to be brought up and then it moved on and I was like no but I want to hang on to this and I want to hang on to that and I got those that marble that kind of marble that's hard to get and so expensive I got that for in here for very little money and blah blah so to me the attachment to the house is my what I did with it you know and I'm very proud of of the houses that I've done and I'm also staging for other people now and doing interior design for other people because I know how important it is to build a home for you or just decorate a home for you. And it doesn't matter whether you live in a small apartment or a giant house. If your place does not reflect you, you won't like it. You just, you will have bought something for someone else because it was cool. And now you're stuck with this cool thing that you hate. <laughs> So, you know, that's um, that's what I always try to encourage people. And um, I, I do know that I make people feel good about what we create together um, with my this is also a massive experience that I have because my family was very similar. Like we moved a lot and there was a new thing and there's new thing and we moved to other countries and, you know, other I mean, my family and all have been to like Denmark, of course, but in and out of London a few times and Dubai a few times. So there is this thing of who am I now, you know? And I think houses and where you live really help to sort of give you a full story of who you are. And it's it's funny. It wasn't funny at the time, but it became funny later that I was... Uh, Early on in the house, somebody decided that I should get decorators and architects. And I was like, I'm pretty certain of what I want. And I guess they got a kickback from someone or something. So I took on, couldn't say no, which is something I learned to do. Couldn't say no. I took on this uh, architect and his um, wife or girlfriend interior decorator. And the first thing the interior decorator told me is that she was going to decorate and any picture I took of my house, I was going to have to ask her permission or pay her, like if I put it up on Instagram. And, you know, that that chord struck very wrong and harsh in my ears. Um, and I was like, well, we can talk about that. You know, I try to be as diplomatic. And then I had to say, look, to both of them, I don't think I need an architect for this because it's really... The bones were still there. The outside was still there. I sort of knew where I wanted things. And I had this, there's a covered porch that I don't think had ever been cleared with the city. And But because the house was built before 1939, you could have higher ceilings. And since no blueprints existed at that time, I could just create a, what I created, a kitchen and a, a dining room in there. And so... I told him that's what I wanted to do. He thought I was crazy. And uh, and I said, you, I don't think I'm going to be working with you guys. And I got one of those emails that, you know, used to make me really upset. But now I just go, now I know who you are. Of who the hell do you think you are, you know? And 
who are you to say what you want to do? And at this point, I had paid him um, a, a decent amount of money to just start. And um, and he had drawn some things and everything, and that's fine, you know. And he said, what would you do if, you know, a producer, you know, had, had bought your script and, you know, then just decided to change things? And I said, well, that would have been completely... <laughs> in their right to bring somebody else in to write, you know, brings it, you know. So whatever they thought, whatever they built within my house, they owned it. And I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you in your careers here now, <laughs> you know, and tell you that that's sort of not how it works, you know. Um, and also, um, like the letter or the email he sent me was like, oh, my God, you know, you're just like this and you're a person. Like, oh, my God, I just love this. And this is so exciting. He wrote it in that way that I then realized he'd seen me as. Um, so I sort of, you know, had to talk about that to him as well and also remind myself of somebody's opinion of you is really none of your business. And that's something I really learned in within this house, you know, at a very ripe age, I had to learn that. Um, I felt very solid when I, when I, you know, sold a condo once because I sold it at the bottom of the market and just painted the kitchen, painted the bathroom and got a really, really good price for it. So I knew I this is an area where I can trust my instincts, you know, and, um, and that's what I did. I created a home where... I got to trust my instincts in a bunch of ways. And um, I also will say I created a home where I was alone during the quarantine for eight months and had such a great time. I mean, if I hadn't built this house the way I had and also um, changed the business structure of a couple of the other houses so they became full-time rentals, I... I don't know what I would have done. I mean, I painted in this house. I created a little series in this house. I wrote two books in this house. And in that time where I was, you know, supposed to be scared and alone, I was like, party, you know? And that's something I'm super grateful to that area and that house, you know? When you leave a home, you have to start thinking, what was the beauty of it? Because if you leave it with like, oh my God, I'm out of here you're always going to have a bad taste in your mouth about this. And a lot of things happened to me personally in that house that I had to really deal with. And, you know, people sort of came into my life, but also a lot of people that I loved a lot left my life in those at those times where, and that was very, very necessary. And I'm very grateful <laughs> to them and to the fact that we could, figure that out like um so this house probably more than anything is a transitional house not in style but in how my life became in it and um the reason I'm telling you all this is because it's the end of the year and I don't know if a ton of people are going to listen to this kind of stuff the day before uh new year's but if you do this is just sort of a my journey through building a house and then now selling it and being grateful for the fact that I know how to stage a house out of in the amount of furniture that I have 
it would be crazy <laughs> if I brought in another another stager. And um and also just letting something go that I truly loved and I truly put a lot of stuff into, which of course makes me I always want to stay in the place that I'm letting go of suddenly, you know, but I'm also looking at it going, I'm putting some more work into it now, selling it. And I just feel so good about showing this to someone and knowing that it's a house that works, you know, uh, the foundation is good, the roof is good, like the, the layout is good. And, um, you know, it's it gives me a lot of pleasure to know that people are going to walk in and people are going to want it. And there are probably going to be people who are going to create families there and have parties there and fall in love there. And that is why we have a framework for our lives called a roof over our head or a house or an apartment um, and that's why in the city we're really fighting so that everyone can have that because we have a horrible homeless problem and we need to change that. And so, you know, my the the way that I am lucky in my life is not lost on me. And it's also not lost on me that people listen to this podcast and listen to my amazing guests that I couldn't be more grateful for. And to me, <laughs> and this time you just got a whole load because it is a new year that's coming in and it's coming in fast. And um, and I wish you all a really, really wonderful new year. And I promise you really, really great podcasts in this next round of a year that I'm hoping we will have some time to travel and maybe travel to, you know, our friends' places or our friends' houses or hotels that you're interested in, like real estate that will eventually mean something to you when you think back on your life. Um, so thank you, everyone. I love you all. And Pushing Dirt will see you in 2022.